0: We'll open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter number one. Book of Acts, chapter number one. I am spending a little bit longer in the book of Acts than uh, maybe you even like, and maybe uh, what I intended to. But we need to understand the book of Acts in the beginning so we will understand it at the ending. And so that's why I'm doing uh, as much with the book of Acts as I am. And I think this is our third message. And today, I want you to look at Acts chapter 1, verse number 6. Do you have your Bible open? Acts chapter 1, verse number 6. We've been talking about the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, what the Holy Ghost can do and do for us and in us and through us, and why Jesus wanted us to understand it so well. So I hope you'll help me today as we study the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of folks are messed up by the Holy Spirit. They do all kinds of weird stuff. I, I just pulled up a few things that was happening, and, and um, these were some of the things that was listed that they were doing. They, of course, are speaking in other languages, which they call a prayer language or heavenly language, which only they know or maybe someone might can interpret. Listen to me. That is adding to the Word of God. Yep. Right. That is adding to the Word of God. If you do that, you are disobeying what God said in the Word. And so they're doing that. They're, they, they have this thing, they think when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, they're electrocuted. They and they start to shake all over. And like like they had fire coming out of their heads. And so they they they, they feel like they're electrocuted. Some of them just breaks down in uncontrollable laughter for hours. Can't stop. Some uncontrollable weeping for hours and cannot stop. And 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 they have all kinds of weird things they do. They they feel like they've been paralyzed and they just fall out. Middle of the floor and lay there for quite some time. Some of the churches even have coverers. When you when they fall out, somebody comes and lays cover over the women's legs. Just for modesty's sake. Don't be crazy, might as well be modest. Amen. (laughs) it slurs their speech Uh, they see divine visions which again contradicts the scripture they claim they see visible angels all the time and they claim they've seen another Jesus so they say those kind of things is what the Holy Spirit do now you and I know that that's not what the Holy Ghost does amen now, in Acts chapter 1, verse number 6, he tells us after he has given us the promise and he, has, and, and he has covered that promise very well, he said in verse 6, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, without this time restore again the kingdom of Israel. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. Underline verse 8, but you shall receive power. But ye shall receive what? You shall receive what? After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You shall be what? You shall be what? That wasn't loud enough. Power was a lot louder than that. You shall be? All right. That's what he said unto me, both in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, they beheld he was taken up. A cloud received him out of their sight, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, I'm looking for him to come, but before he comes, I know there's some things that we are going to have to And I'm going to talk to you today about on this subject. I'm preaching a series of messages called the continuing acts of Jesus. The continuing acts of Jesus. But today's message will be called the last command to the church. The last command to the church. Will you pray with me and help me? Father, I ask you, God, for your power, and your strength. I just need your help all the time. God, it's uh, not easy to try to serve you, and, uh, and especially when there's so many difficult difficult things that lay ahead of us, but God, I realize that greater is he that's in us than he was in the world. And so, God, we ask you right now that you might silence the evil one, that you might uh, somehow clear our minds and not let him mess with our head, and God, that we'll have clear understanding of the Word of God, and then we'll be able to confess Uh, biblically what the Word of God has for us today. Lord, if there's a lost man or woman, boy, girl, God help them to sense the conviction of the power of the Holy Spirit and be saved today. In Jesus' name, amen. After the resurrection, there was one more event that happened that would so tilt their head and so fix their eyes, and so affect the church that the saints would from that day forever be looking up. It was the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, agree? Yeah. That event, the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, that event so riveted to his ever-living presence that we not only know he lives, but we know he lives on high. We, we, and you know he lives on high, so for the saints, we have to look up because that's where he lives. He lives where? On high. So where are we to look? We look up, right? But that's not exactly how we do it in life, is it? We, we, uh, if, if your gaze has turned down, remember you need to look up. Warren Wiersbe said, tell me where you're looking, I'll tell you where you're going. Tell me where your church is looking, he said, and I'll tell you where the church is going. What, what's the most interesting thing about church to you? I can tell you where you're going. If it's not winning people to Jesus Christ, you're backslid now. Right. Now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not last week. You're backslid now. If winning people to Jesus Christ is not the main purpose of your life. That's what our church is to be. And if we're not doing that, we are looking around or we're going down. So, you know, just tell me where you're looking. I'm glad we have a rapture-looking church. I do. I I mean, most of our church look for the rapture. We're so tired of this mess down here, we look for the rapture, don't we? And so, not only are we a rapture-looking church, some of us are a rapture-living church, Right? And then I hope most of us are rapture-laboring church. That means we're doing the last thing Jesus told us to do before he ascended, and that was to be his witnesses. Yeah. But some are always doing something else. They, they're not all, 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 they all don't just look down. Some look back. They're always living their life looking back. Can I get a, get a witness about that? I mean, they just always look back. They're always talking about the good old days. I mean, think about it. Y'all remember the good old days? Well, I, I'm old enough, I can, and some of you can remember two times the good old days, you know, but I mean, here's a test of if you really remember something about the good old days. How many of you remember candy cigarettes? That's the good old days, Right? I mean, you could smoke, not get a spanking. (laughs) Um, How how do you remember wax Coke bottles with a little juice in them? I remember that, okay? That shows your age, amen. How many of you remember this, that when cafes had a table jukebox? I remember that. All right, how, can you, how many of you remember having a party line phone? You young people out on this one for sure. How many of you remember butch wax? Son, you could take anything and make a flat top out of it. <laughs> butch wax. How many of you remember green stamps? Oh, yeah, that's how you got stuff. You collected them, took them to, to and you think, man, i got 40 books, I'll really be able to get something cool, and you come out with a little old mug or something, you know? <laughs> but how many of you remember a metal ice tray with the lever on it? Yeah. No, I cracked the, the lever, cracked ice. and You could get it out and throw it at people. And how many of you remember five-cent baseball cards with a stick of bubblegum in it? Oh, I've spent many nickels buying them my baseball card. I didn't care about the bubble gum, but I ain't sure one of my baseball cards. And uh, how many of you remember, and I know this is going to go way back because this is as way back as I can go. How many of you can remember 29-cent gasoline? That's a, as far as I can go. I remember 29-cent gasoline. I could put a dollar's worth in on Saturday night, circle the beeline, cir- circle the uh, uh, charcoal in. I, I, I could suffer, uh, uh, circle down at the hut and get in a fight. I could circle all over town a hundred times on a dollar's worth of gas. Well, the worst thing you could catch back in those days from girls and boys was cooties. Remember? <laughs> but 35, 40 years has passed. Think it's 50 years baby's gone along. Long hair then. Longing for hair now. <laughs> <laughs> acid rock back then. Acid reflux now. <laughs> Growing pot. Back then, growing pot belly now. (laughs) Y'all got me? Popping pills and smoking joints, and now we go to popping joints. For we love the rolling stones, but now we have kidney stones. (laughs) Y'all with me? So, I just want you to know, if you're always looking in the good old days, you're a backslid. Oh, I remember I let something about the Lord 25 years ago. Well, so what? What about today? God, God said, I want you to continue what I started, and I put the Holy Ghost in you so you would do it. So what about today? Some people are always looking back. Some people are always looking around. What I mean by that is we're scared of all the trends and we want to make sure that we fit in with all society and that we plug in like they do and we dress like they do and we fix our hair like they do and we talk like they do and we listen to their kind of music and they live a trend life. You know, most of that is based on lies. Did you know a lot of times they prove their points. If you listen to the radio uh, commercials now, they prove it, a lot of things by statistics, you know that? I, I, was, I just picked up a few this week that was helpful to me. I'm not going to tell you what they are because I, 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 I haven't got time, but some people are almost, you know, you, you can prove almost anything with statistics. And so as a result of that, that caused us to look around what everybody else is doing. If everybody else is doing it, surely we ought to do it. Well, I'm telling you, that is not a New Testament church. Somebody said there's three kinds of lies, white lies, black lies, and statistics. Amen? <laughs> Amen? So Peter looked around and almost drowned. Some are always looking down, woe is me, woe is me. No, no one loves me. What was me? But we are to look up. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. So we are to look, we are to be looking up. Now when we look here in this text, there's some things that God tells. First of all, he, he gives them their proof that he's alive in verse number 3. They, they have actually proof that Jesus is alive, 500 of them at one time. We don't know how many others saw him alive, but they saw him because the Bible said he showed himself alive. only did he showed himself alive, but the Bible said they heard him Alive. And can you imagine when you read Matthew 27, verses 51? I don't know if we all have ever stopped to think about this or not, but just flip there, Matthew 27. Do it quick, because i got to preach quick. Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. I, I want you to look at this. Uh, Jesus is on the cross, and the Bible said, he cried with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost. In verse 50, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the grave after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. I don't know about you, that got my attention. That would flat have gotten my attention. Here they are pouring out onto the streets. I mean, just, just pouring out. Graves had been opened for three days with exposed bones of dead family and friends that had been laying there. And after Jesus had been resurrected out of the grave, the Bible said, came these bodies. Now, that happened the day the veil was rent when everything turned to black. You Remember? When Jesus was on the cross, but after Jesus had been resurrected out of the grave came these bodies of many saints who had been dead many years. He said, that's not the Bible. I just read it to you. It is. It is. You said, well, they wasn't really dead. You think they'd been laying around for a thousand years in some hole? No. No. You see, the graves were open, and they went into town, showed themselves. I mean, look back. Is that that Abraham? (laughs) Whoo, whoo, I better get right with God. That's Abraham. Here's Isaac. Here comes Joseph walking down the streets of Jerusalem. What would you do if you were to look up and see one of your dead loved ones walking down the street? Would that not touch your heart? It ought to ring your bell and scare you half to death you ought to fall on your face and get right with God. I mean, listen, this was was proof that Jesus had rose because he said, as I live, so shall you live also. So uh, there was that proof for these witnesses that we know about in the scripture. You see, Jesus had given them purposely the Holy Spirit so he could help them to do their job. That was the purpose of him leaving us here The very purpose of him leaving us here was for us to be witnesses. So the proof for witnesses in verse three means that they were absolutely convinced that Jesus was alive. They had the validity of their witness and it was showed in the power of his unexplainable conviction and the preaching of the explainable resurrection. He was visible, he was touchable, he was valid, he voiced to where he could hear and so there was the proof for the witnesses and then there was the power of assembling. Because they believed that Jesus was alive, you know what they did? They assembled together every Lord's Day. He said, I don't really think that's important. Well, it was to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. If you have the Holy Ghost living in you, it'll it'll be good to you. You say, well, I don't have to go too much to church. If you're saved, you do. You say, why? Because the Holy Ghost in you wants you to be there and assemble with other people the Holy Ghost is in, so when you all leave, you'll go out as witnesses for him in the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what it's supposed to be. That's it's supposed to be. So he talks about them assembled in verse number 4, and then in verse number 6, when they were come together, here they're assembled again. We see them assembled twice in three verses. They come Sunday morning and Sunday night. I can can take you to show where they probably came Wednesday night and every night maybe. But we see that their purpose was to witness to the lost. The Holy Spirit's power is for this purpose, and we must use it for that purpose. The Holy Ghost didn't come to dazzle the world with weird, extravagant happenings like I talked about a while ago. This is not a circus. It's a church. It's not a nightclub, it's a church. God wants to understand that. And so that was the purpose we see in verse number eight. He made very, very clear. Well, why would they need the Holy Spirit um, to witness? Wouldn't there be some more things they might need the Holy Spirit for? Well, yes, there would. Won't you listen? He said, I'm going to give you power. And when I give you power, you shall be witnesses. Now, if you're a real witness for Jesus Christ, What happens? Things happen, don't it? Stuff happens to stop you from being a witness. So they're going to need power. Let me tell you what they're going to need power for. They're going to need power, first of all, to enlighten themselves. What I mean by that is, is that they're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to recall to their memory the things that Jesus had taught them. And we need that too. We need the Holy Spirit when we sit down and talk to somebody to recall the things that we've learned from the Word of God as we give our witness. So they're going to need power to enlighten them as to their memory, as to their message. You'll find their memory in John 14, 26. You'll find their message in John 16, 13 through 15, you see, the significance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ had to be understood, had to be proclaimed, and so they had to be reminded that their business was not to gossip, and their business was not to argue, and their business was not to fuss, but their business was to preach the gospel. So the second thing they needed is, or third thing that they would need enlightening on is to their movements. Where do you go? When do you go? How do you go? Who should evangelize Europe? Who's going to evangelize Asia? Who's going to go to Africa? They would need the Holy Spirit for that. For as many as is led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Here's the second reason they they need the power of the Holy Spirit. They need the Holy Spirit to encourage them. If you're a strong witness for Jesus Christ and he has filled you with Holy Spirit power, that means you've been saved and then you're a child of God and you've surrendered to him now and you're walking in the Spirit and and you're going to go out for Jesus Christ, you're going to need the Holy Ghost to encourage you. Not just enlighten you, but encourage you. They would need the Holy Spirit uh, they it wasn't such a big deal now while they're in an upper room and everything's okay, I'm a little bit safe now, but w- w- when it really starts to get hot, they would need the Holy Spirit to encourage them. Uh, he is called our companion. Second Corinthians 13, 14 says about the Holy Spirit, the communion of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Yeah. I mean, communion, think about it, the communion of the Holy Ghost. That means the fellowship we share. We're stuck together. Isn't that precious? You see, you don't have to have anybody around to have that. And since, but also near third thing, they need the Holy Ghost to energize them. You see, if that's going to preach with power, they have to have the Holy Ghost. You see, that's why today we got a generation growing up that don't understand anything about real Bible preaching because they've never seen Bible preaching. They've never heard Bible preaching. And if they even get a chance to hear it, it's only for a few weeks because that guy gets fired. Folks, I'm going to tell you, if you stay passionate about what you do, and you stay excited about what you do, and you get what in your heart there's something burning about what you do, the Holy Ghost does that. He will energize us to not only have power in our preaching, but to have life in our living. You know, our job is not making a kingdom to live down here, and that's what he's telling them. I didn't leave you here to make a kingdom down here. I'll do that. I'm the king. It's not your business. I'll do that. You take care of getting us some citizens to put in it. You take care of witnessing. I'll take care of building the kingdom. The Holy Ghost, he sent us so that we could have a convincing story to people that did not see Christ like they saw Christ, but yet they sensed and they felt and, it, and and there was a drawing of the Holy Ghost in their life. John 16, verses 7 through 10 tells us that when he has come that, you know, he'll convince us of righteousness, judgment, and 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 he would uh, sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so, the Holy Ghost says, you're a sinner, and the Holy Ghost says, if you don't get saved, you'll go to hell, but you don't have to go to hell. Jesus died for you on the cross, and you can get saved because he rose up from the dead and said, now I'll tell them, I'm going to heaven. I'm waiting on them. That's our message. That's our message. And so the Holy Ghost said to show us. He Sometimes he makes us weep. You know, when you go through life um, as a preacher or a Christian or no matter who you are, I wasn't kidding a while ago. You know, uh, I've had very few enjoyable days in my 63 years since I was a teenager, and those that was the most enjoyable was when the Holy Spirit enabled me to do something. Those are the most enjoyable moments in your life, Amen. because you're doing the last thing he said do right. before he left. Right. Y'all, y'all are y'all with me? Amen. And so, so look, look at this. This witnessing was to be. First of all, how are we to do it? Well, first of all, we have a sign of salvation, and he says, "You shall be witnesses." He didn't say you ought to be witnesses. You might be witnesses. It would be a good idea to be a witness. He said, you shall be witness. How many people here are saved today? You know you're saved and going to heaven to see him. hand. Right, okay. When you got saved, you were baptized in the Holy Ghost because you can't, the only way that you can get to the body of Christ is if God puts you there, right? You didn't see it happen, but he did. Now, on that day, you had the Holy Ghost in you. Now, here was God's purpose for your life on that day that you got saved. From that moment on, God's purpose for you was to be a witness for Jesus Christ. He said, I don't, I, I'm not a good witness, Well, then learn to be one. If you'll follow Jesus, he'll make you a fisher of men. y'all with me, See he, Jesus gives them the sign of salvation. You know that not only are they saved but that they want to get other people saved because they are a witness. Witnessing is a necessity of a truly saved soul. I mean, it's like like a baby when it's born and it's hungry. It just goes together. It's like a light that don't shine is not a light. And a Christian don't witness is not a Christian as far as the world's concerned. A river that not runs, not a river. And a Christian who don't witness is not a Christian. Now I want to remind you of something about witnessing because there are some Baptists and probably every other denomination that makes witnessing an undesirable thing. When they know you're coming to see them, they pull all the blinds down, get in, the, get in say, kids, come on, let's all get in the closet. And they get in the closet, turn all the lights down, turn the TV off. Because they don't want you in there. You know why? Because it could be that the last witness that showed up was rude, was disrespectful of their property and their home. And it could be they judged them when they have no right to do so. But listen to what Acts twenty-two fifteen 15 says. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Heard. So now, why do you tarry? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sin, calling on the name of the Lord. Here's one of those verses again that people try to take and, and say, We believe in baptismal regeneration. Oh, how in the world can you take two verses in the whole Bible and build a philosophy back? Don't you think when God said uh, when they come to the Philippian jailer said, "What must I do to be saved?" He said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ." And he would say, if it took water to save him, he would say, "Get baptized and you'll be saved." But it didn't. And it doesn't today, but when you get saved, you can't wait to splash. boy, out that brother. You know, I, I, sometimes we'll see people say we don't expect, we don't even think, we think they're really saved, love the Lord, and they get saved. You say, well, I, I, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of bashful. Well, you don't have to be as good as somebody else. Some brings forth 30-fold, Bible said. Some bring forth 60-fold. Some bring forth 100-fold. We all kind of have a different kind of level because of our gifts, because of our opportunities, because of our privileges. And so the only thing God wants us to do is to do it where we are the way he wants it done and we're witness unto him. Y'all got that? Okay. I I, I want you to look now. The the source of that, of course, is the Holy Ghost. He'll help you to know your Bible. John chapter 20, verse 21 and 23. John 14, 26. John 16, 7 and 8. John 15, 26, and 27 says that the Holy Ghost will bring all things to your remembrance. He'll help you know your Bible. You say, I can't learn the Bible. Just keep reading it. When you do, the Holy Ghost will show it to you. Oh, you don't have to be a scholar, but you'll you'll, you'll understand the Bible. When people ask me, I can't understand. I say, read it 10 times. Read it 12 times. Read it 20 times. Well, I've read it two or three. I said, I didn't say two or three. Read it 20 times and say, God, show me what this means. I want to know what you're saying. And you'll all of a sudden, a light will come on like somebody flipped a switch, and it'll start to come alive for you. You know who does that? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. And notice what he said, you'll be witnesses unto me. Do y'all have that? You see, we're not a witness to the church. Now, we're supposed to come to church, and everybody in the church is supposed to be witnesses, but we're not witnesses for the church. He said that we're to be witnesses unto him, right? Jesus Christ. Are y'all getting this? And in Acts chapter 4, in verses 8 through 13, he gives a perfect example of what a witness is. It says that Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, be it known to you and all the people in Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Oh, this is the stone which was set at nought of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And neither is there salvation any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so that's a good witness. Good witness. He knew something about it because it happened in his life. Let me ask you something. My, my dad's almost he he'll be eighty-eight in May. If I were to take you down, so I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna take you down and introduce you to my dad. And we drove up in the driveway, and I said, uh, "I'm gonna introduce you to my dad. Um, here's his front porch. Don't it look nice?" He said, "He's got that swing. He and Mom used to sit there and swing together." Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. He got see the vinyl side on the house. Don't look, don't look good. He's got no tin roof. Now, that's a log house. You just can't see it. That's an old log house up in, in there. And, and, and so I want to introduce you to his house. No. And, uh, uh, oh, well, I forgot something. Wait a minute. There's that hole that skunk got in under the house under right there. But he caught him, and he went to skunk heaven. If I were to take you to introduce you to my daddy, y'all listen to me. Who would I introduce? How would I do it? I wouldn't introduce you to his house. I would introduce you to him. Folks, listen to me. When you're talking to people about Jesus, it's fine to invite them to church because in your heart the purpose is you want to get them here so that you know when they get here they'll get the gospel of Jesus Christ and they'll get saved. That's a wonderful thing. But remember, this house can't save them. Jesus does. And our witness is to Jesus. Well, look at the sphere of that witness. The sphere of it was the world. I mean, there's no one too bad, no one too far away, no place too remote. The looking up church is always the looking out church. Looking far. I look out over the years and wonder how churches survive. You kind of wonder about the history you drive by little churches out in the cotton patches and out in the middle of cornfields and the edge of the woods. So how'd these churches survive? And then I look back over all the years I've been here and I've had a target on my back since the day I set foot in town. Everybody wants to see me fail. Not everybody, but a lot of people wants to see me fail. And to be honest, I wasn't here long, not pretty much sure they are going to be right. But you know how we stayed alive? We had a man like A.W. Coleman who had glasses so thick like the end of a Coke bottle and yet had a stroke and couldn't hardly walk. And I had to help him up on the porch, but he was the best soul winner I ever met. We had people like Larry Parkinson and J.L. Taylor that come to visitation every time. And they'd come back saying, we won somebody tonight. They're coming Sunday. And not all of them come on Sunday, but some of them did. I went to my church in Alabama. My first year, they had not baptized a soul, I don't think, it two or three years. I went there, I, I stayed there six six months, six months. I was preaching revivals almost every night, so I, it, it didn't bother me too much until I had a little break in revivals, and I got to know, we ain't baptized anybody. Nobody's come to the altar. Nobody's got saved. Nobody's come and repented. Nobody's rededicated. Nobody's even come up and said, I just want you to know I love you, preacher, and shook my hand. Nobody done nothing. So I said, if we're gonna get folks saved around here, And this church is going to live. We didn't have about 20. 30 maybe. But we had four or five people that committed themselves to salt winning. Within three years, you couldn't seat the people. We'd fill up that 150 seat building and pack them in there. Because we was 22 miles from closest town. But four or five salt winners. I had a man that had a, Son who was severely retarded, he he was now on up. He loved me. He he he'd he love on me and hug on me, and, and uh, his daddy, one of the godliest men. He took great care. He and his he and, he and his wife. But on visitation night, when I'd call and say, James, can you come tonight? I got some folks. I'd like for us to visit. He said, preacher, I'll be there in 20 minutes. He lived almost to Huntsville. And he came and we went soul winning that night. You see, folks, it's witnessing that will keep a church alive. Because the only purpose God gave the Holy Ghost is not so you could introduce people to his house. But so when you got them in the house, you could introduce them to Jesus. It's fine to invite people to the house. Just make sure when they get in the house, they get the gospel of Jesus Christ. They know how to get saved. Even if it's just a little speck at the end, When they're, well, maybe it's been a discipleship message, but at the end, you always make sure you tell people how to get saved. That'll keep a church alive. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Y'all still, y'all still here? Yeah. You see, I know some of you sitting out there just like I used to be. And I said, you, nobody can change me. I'm going to be like I am. I want to be like I am. I don't want nobody to change me. You say, aren't you miserable? Yes, but I want to stay miserable. I like it well, don't, don't you think you'll go to hell? I said, well, you know, maybe I, I, I don't know all about that. You know, I've heard about it, and I know what my, my parents taught me about it, but I, 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 I just don't think about that. You know, I've got some other places I go, and it kind of takes my mind off of it. And so I remember saying, God, you can't change me. I remember laying in a swing on the front porch of an old rental house we lived in in Fayetteville, Tennessee. And there, laying there in that swing, I said, you, God said, you're a sorry piece of trash. And I got so convicted, and yet I didn't do one thing about it. Got up out of that swing, Walked away and done what always did, drowned it. You think you can't be changed? Acts eleven eighteen 18 said, God granted them power unto repentance. I don't care how bad you are or how good you think you are. God can change you both ways. He can get you back out of your pride and he can get you back out of the gutter either way. And he can save you. But you've got to believe he really did die on the cross for your sins. He really was buried. He really did rise from the grave. He really did give us this last command You keep doing what I've been teaching you to do. And then he ascended up into heaven while they watched him. They said, Oh, that's okay. He's going to come again just like he went. I'm looking up, amen?